Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hello, and welcome to Trash Talk with TK, episode three. And I'll tell you right off the bat here, this is going to be a little bit of a depressing episode. We all know what happened this past Sunday in Los Angeles. An unbelievable Eagles win, 43-35. One of the more entertaining football games, forget Eagles games, one of the more entertaining football games you will ever see. One of the best games I've ever seen seen in my entire life one of the one of the most amazing eagles wins that i've seen in my entire life and i have never ever felt worse after a big victory than i felt on sunday night and i'm not going to lie to you i'm still feeling it today it's Wednesday, three days after the fact, and I, I've been in a in a depression since Sunday. And I know a lot of people, you know, have hope and, and have faith that this team that has fought so hard all season long can still... Get it done without Carson Wentz, their their starting quarterback and likely MVP winner before getting hurt and tearing his ACL on Sunday. And I have a ton of respect for those people who still have that faith and still have that hope. And I'm still I'm still hopeful as well. But I think, you know, after hearing people and, and talking to people the past couple days. I'm struggling to have the same kind of faith that they have in Nick Foles going forward. And I do think this is a really good football team. This is a complete team. Plays very good defense, great leadership, very well coached, good special teams. I mean, they didn't play good special teams in the Rams game. But for the bulk of the season, good special teams play, can run the ball, can, can do it all. They are very a complete team. But I think where my disconnect is with everybody else is that I don't think people truly realize how much Carson Wentz did for this football team. I mean, we all know he's a great player. We all know he's a great quarterback. But all the things that he does for this team, from the leadership, not just the physical attributes, but his mental capacity to run this offense, to call plays, everything he does pre-snap. I mean, Carson Wentz calls 
half the plays at the line of scrimmage for this team. And I have a lot of trouble just believing that they're going to lose a guy like that and move forward and still have a legitimate chance to win the Super Bowl. And that's why it hurts so bad. I'm not saying Nick Foles can't come in and fill in adequately. I'm not saying that he can't come in and win two out of, the, out of these last three games and secure home field advantage. I still think that can happen. I still think that's likely to happen. But there was a point this season, and I think it was Sunday night in Dallas, November 19th, when the Eagles went in there and destroyed the Cowboys, where this season became about winning the Super Bowl. Not getting to an NFC Championship game, not winning a playoff game, not getting to the Super Bowl. This season became about winning the Super Bowl. Getting that trophy that we have been coveting for our entire lives as Eagle fans in this town. Getting that that parade that we've been waiting for our entire lives. It doesn't matter if you're 10 or if you're 60. That parade that we've been longing for our entire lives watching football. And I just don't see any way that that happens now. Because as you you move forward here with Nick Foles, you need to basically play a perfect game every time you go out on the field. You're going to be playing really good opponents in the postseason. Be it New Orleans, Seattle, hopefully not Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers. Minnesota, Carolina, Atlanta. These are all good football teams. And you need to play a perfect game every time out to beat any of those teams. With Carson Wentz, the Eagles are clear favorites at this point, clear favorites in all of those games. With Nick Foles, I view it as a coin flip at best. I don't care if you're playing here or not. You need to play perfect football in every aspect to still get to Minnesota. And I'm not saying it's completely impossible. I'm really not. I've talked to a lot of people that I work with, a lot of friends, and they all think I'm being ultra negative about the situation. But honestly, I'm just being realistic about it. Because... Over the past couple days, some of the things that I've heard about Nick Foles. I'm sorry, but they're utterly ridiculous. There is a reason that Nick Foles is not starting anywhere in the NFL. And the reason is because he's not good enough to be a starter in the NFL. He's had his chance. He's failed. Now with a good team around him like this is, with a a, a coaching staff that is obviously good at, at helping quarterbacks succeed, yeah, maybe, maybe Nick Foles can manage the game 
and, you know, keep you in it and not make the big mistake that's going to cost you. But to win a Super Bowl, and as I said, this season a long time ago became about winning a Super Bowl. And to do that, you need a quarterback that is going to make plays when you need them. You need a quarterback that is going to bail you out when you're not playing your best. And Carson Wentz was that guy. And I don't believe Nick Foles is. And that's what makes this hurt so badly as a diehard Eagles fan. We are very hesitant to believe in this town, in much of anything. We've been burned so many times. We're always waiting for the bottom to fall out. But we weren't this time. I wasn't this time. I truly believed, truly in my heart believed that the Eagles were going to win the Super Bowl this year because of Carson Wentz, because we had a quarterback that was going to bail us out when we needed him to, because we had a quarterback who was going to make that big play in the playoffs, that big play in the Super Bowl when we needed it to finally give this town a championship. And I'm sorry, but when I visualize that in my head, I can't visualize that happening with Nick Foles. And I I really hope I'm wrong. But I just don't see it happening with Nick Foles. Once again, I'm not saying it's impossible, but it went from you having a better chance to win this thing than anybody else in the league to now being highly, highly improbable. And as a lifelong Eagles fan, it just breaks your heart to think about what could have been. And also just the fact of of how fun Carson Wentz is to watch play the game. I was so looking forward to watching him play in a playoff game. I was so looking forward to watching Carson Wentz hopefully play in a Super Bowl and just see what he would do. And it really stinks that we're deprived of that now this year. I still believe with all my heart that Carson Wentz will win this team a Super Bowl. It will happen. If he can return from this injury, which I... 100% believe he can. ACL ACL injuries are not what they used to be in terms of being career-threatening. Guys come back from ACLs all the time. Carson Wentz, I fully believe, will work work his butt off and will come back stronger than than ever before, just the way he said he would. And I think he will win this city a Super Bowl. I believed it more than I've ever believed in anything. But unfortunately... He's not going to win it this year now. And that's incredibly disappointing with where this team was and how complete they are and how complete they were with Carson Wentz. I really hope I'm wrong. I really hope everybody out there who is being positive about the whole situation and thinks that Nick Foles can take up the mantle, can pick up the slack and play well enough to get it done. I really hope they're right. But I got to tell you, as I sit here today 
on December 13th, I don't see it. I think this team will get home field, as I said, but I have trouble seeing them win. I have trouble seeing them winning even one playoff game. But we will see. It all starts this Sunday in New York. I think it would do a lot to put everybody at ease. It would certainly lift, you know, my hopes and expectations if Nick Foles can go into New York on Sunday and play well. I think this coaching staff is going to need to do a lot. The coaching staff is going to need to really pick up the slack in terms of catering a game plan that will benefit Nick Foles, play to his strengths, and change the offense because that's what they're going to need to do. The Eagles are going to need to pretty much completely change the offense now with three games left. And I hope they can do it. It all starts on Sunday. And hopefully Nick Foles can get the job done. Now the other night on Saturday evening into Sunday morning, I did the overnight show on Sports Radio 94 WIP. And I went off on a little rant about Brian Colangelo and how he's handled this whole Markel Fultz situation. Because it's got me frustrated. And it had me so frustrated the other night that I decided I'd put it on the podcast. So here is my take on Brian Colangelo and how he's handled the whole Markel Fultz situation from my show on Saturday night on Sports Radio 94 WIP. I've been holding this in all show so far. But I need to talk a little bit about Brian Colangelo. And what Brian Colangelo has done once again, over the past couple days, has been a disgrace. And it's been an embarrassment. And the Sixers organization should be ashamed of themselves. They really should. This is getting ridiculous. It's been ridiculous for a long time. And Brian Colangelo is once again withholding information, seemingly. Not being forthright with the fans, nor the media, who, in the end, we are, as media members, a conduit to the fans. We are reporting information to relay it to the fans who support these organizations. And... What Brian Colangelo is doing now in regards to this Markel Fultz situation has my blood boiling. You remember back last year, Joel Embiid had the knee injury, missed the week, came back, played that Houston game, played great, and then was out. We never saw him again. He said it was a knee sprain, you know, contusion, whatever. I forget exactly the wording he used. Then we find out, and then, I'll never forget, he came on with with Chris Carlin was here at the time. Obviously, Chris and Ike were doing the show, and they interviewed Brian Colangelo. And Chris was very straightforward with him. I mean, Chris did a, a great job in that interview, pressing Brian Colangelo. Is there something that we're not being told about Joel Embiid's injury. And Colangelo was very taken aback, very defensive. Couldn't believe he was being accused 
of not being completely forthcoming. And what happened the next day we found out Joel Embiid had a tear in his knee and he didn't play again the rest of the year. And Brian Colangelo is caught caught flat-footed not giving out the information that we deserved. And now we fast forward, and, and after, after the fact, Brian Colangelo said he handled the situation poorly and said he's learned and he will handle it better in the future. Fast forward to now. Markel Fultz. Markel Fultz played the first four games of the season. Markel Fultz was then put on the shelf with a shoulder injury, a muscular imbalance, I believe, is the correct term. He she wouldn't take a jump shot. His free throw form was completely out of whack. And they blamed it on this shoulder injury, this scapular imbalance. That's the term I was looking for. So that was six weeks ago. Marco Fultz goes out of the lineup. They say, okay, we're going to reevaluate him in three weeks. They reevaluate him in three weeks. They say it's getting better, but it's still not perfect. We'll reevaluate him in another three weeks. Okay, that's a little frustrating, but okay, something's wrong. Give it time to heal. Look at it another three weeks, so be it. So they look at him again three weeks later, which is you know two, three days ago. And they say the shoulder's completely healed. But now we need to get him back in shape, get him back into on-court activities. We're going to bring him along slowly. We'll reevaluate the situation in another three weeks. I'm sorry, but that does not make a damn bit of sense. And Brian Colangelo is keeping something from the fans and the media. Again, he's doing the exact same thing that he did last season with Joel Embiid, and I am tired of it. I am tired of the way he is treating this fan base. There's either something wrong with the guy you traded up to get, or there's not. You tell us what is going on, because the fans who pay their hard-earned money, the fans who have waited through five years of watching god-awful basketball for this payoff deserve to know what's going on. And for Brian Colangelo to once again hide the truth and not tell this or this fan base and this media group what is going on is ridiculous. And it is unfair. It is completely unfair. There's either something wrong with Markel Fultz or there's not. Maybe if it maybe it is in his head. Then you gotta come out and you gotta say that. I don't care. You gotta say that. You need to tell this fan base what's going on. This is ridiculous. And it is not right what Brian Colangelo is doing. This guy, Sam Hinkie, took so much heat for being a bad communicator, bad PR guy to the public. Colangelo is 10 times worse than Hinkie ever was. Straight up, not telling what's going on. 
Six weeks since Marco Fultz went out of the lineup. We've gotten two non-update updates just saying, oh, we'll look at it in three weeks. We'll look at it in three more weeks. Is there something wrong with him or is there not? The fans deserve to know and you guys should be as outraged as I am right now. This is absurd. And I'm tired of it. I'm tired of Brian Colangelo and him pulling this crap it sh- it shouldn't be allowed. It's a it it's not fair to the fan base. It's not right, and everybody should be upset about this because it's it, it's it's an injustice. It's an injustice being done to every Sixer fan in this town. And if you want to call in and talk about it, I'd love to hear from you. If you disagree with me, I'd really love to hear from you. Are there any Brian Colangelo supporters out there? I think this guy is a Total fraud. A total fraud. And the fact that he was placed here by the commissioner to oust Sam Hinkie is a joke. Well, that was my take on the Markel Fultz situation the other night on 94 WIP. And now to close things out, it's a little segment we like to call the dumpster fire of the week. And this week it goes to Derek Jeter and the Miami Marlins. So this past week, Derek Jeter, after taking over as the owner of the Marlins, comes in and one of his first acts as owner, one of his first moves as owner running the Marlins organization is to trade Giancarlo Stanton, National League MVP, one of the best players in all of baseball, to his former team, the New York Yankees. And this is one of the shadiest moves I've ever seen in sports. I mean, Derek Jeter comes in. If you're not familiar with the whole situation, Derek Jeter was basically gifted a Major League Baseball team. He did not have the money to buy the Marlins. He was pretty much given this team because baseball wanted Derek Jeter involved. They want Derek Jeter in the game. And... Derek Jeter, so far in running the Marlins, has done nothing but costs all over the place. And the Marlins have dealt with this for 20-plus years. Their former owner, Jeffrey Loria, was, was much the same in the way that he didn't want to spend money. And he had always said once they got a new ballpark that they would spend and they would be players and everything. And... They tried that for about two months, then they sold everything off, and the cycle just continues to repeat itself with the Marlins. But they hated Jeffrey Loria down there, were excited when he was selling the team, and now they have Derek Jeter, and let me tell you, Derek Jeter is even worse. What he did in trading Giancarlo Stanton, whose contract was massive, Don't get me wrong, that contract was a hindrance that I didn't want the Phillies to take on because I think it would have been prohibitive in the future. But for that team who's not really paying anybody else to just immediately come in and just say they're going to trade Stanton. They didn't talk to Stanton. They didn't. When Jeter got the position, he did not even reach out to his best player. He basically just came in and said publicly, we're trading this guy. 
He could have done this privately. He could have done this behind the scenes. He could have done this a lot better than he did it. Stanton had no trade clause. They apparently reached agreements with the Giants and Cardinals, but they knew that Stanton was not going to either of those teams. And it really appears, it truly appears that Derek Jeter was trying to maneuver this to get Giancarlo Stanton to the Yankees. Whether that's actually true, we don't know. But it is incredibly odd the way that this all played out. He had a limited number of teams that he'd accept a deal to. The Yankees being one of them. Jeter, you know, had trade talks with two teams he knew were not on Stanton's list. He knew Stanton was not going to go to either of those teams. And then takes a lesser deal with the Yankees. That's another part about this. He could have waited. He could have waited to the trade deadline. He could have waited till after the season. But he took this deal now, and according to scouts and according to people around baseball, the Marlins got virtually nothing in this deal. This was a straight salary dump in which the Marlins are still picking up $30 million of the money. When Jeter came in down there, he was supposed to change these things. And apparently he's making it worse. And that's an organization that just shouldn't exist anymore. Flat out. The Marlins never try to compete. How they've won two World Series is beyond me. They they caught lightning in a bottle two years. But they never try to compete. They always try to do it on the cheap. Fans don't go to games. People on there, for the most part, don't care. A few people do. But for the, major- the majority of the people down there, do not care about baseball. That team should not exist, especially if it's going to be run so poorly. And what Derek Jeter did to Marlins fans, to the Marlins fans that do care, is totally wrong and irresponsible. And with that, Derek Jeter and the Marlins are our dumpster fire of the week. And that'll do it for episode three of Trash Talk with TK. I'm sorry, I know this was not the most uplifting episode, but the Carson Wentz injury has me reeling. Hopefully, Nick Foles can come in, play well on Sunday, and can lift all of our spirits as the Eagles head down the stretch and hopefully into a lengthy postseason run. That's it for episode three of Trash Talk with TK. I am TK Tom Kelly. You can find me on Twitter at TommyKelly44. And I'll talk to you next time for episode four. See you later. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.